welcome your spirit in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
we surrender ourselves this morning, church? The worship. Continue to worship Him. Be in this space. Be in this place with Him. Sing it.
things you've taken me from, Lord. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. In your presence. In your presence. I just want to be with you. Give me a prayer today. I just want to be Lord, it's you that I want to be with. I surrender myself to you, Jesus. Come on, we'll sing that together. My heart is yours. My heart is Sing it. Take it all. Take it all. My life is yours. Come on, bring it in. Sing. My heart is yours. My heart is yours. Take it all. Take it all, take it all, my life's in your hands. Heavenly Father, we know that sometimes the hardest thing we got to do is just give it up over to you. Because we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough, but we like to think that we are. And sometimes the hardest thing that we need to do is surrender to your will, surrender to your way. So right now, Heavenly Father, as we stand on holy ground, as we bask in your presence, Heavenly Father, I pray that you fill us with the want to, the want to, to turn it all over to you. We say our hearts and our hands and our life is yours. Would you take it all? We surrender it all, Heavenly Father. Sometimes we don't want to, but I pray in this moment that you change what we want to do because we know that you have a greater plan 
than the ones that we could possibly come up with, Heavenly Father. Your plan is for goodness. Your plan is for greatness, for you have a purpose that you have created for us before we even knew that we existed. You already knew the path that we needed to walk. And so right now in this place, Heavenly Fathers, we stand in your presence. We turn it all over to you, Heavenly Father, for your greatness, for your glory, for your purpose is greater than anything we could ever come up with. Our problems may seem overwhelming, Heavenly Father. Our financial problems may be too much. Our medical problems may be too much. Our relationship problems may be too much. But for you, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, there is nothing that is impossible. So we turn it over and place it in your hands right now, Heavenly Father. For you, our good, great, merciful Father, will do what is right. You will give us what we need and when we need it. We will live in your presence and your grace. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. As we turn from worship and turn to your word, Heavenly Father, I pray that you fill us with your understanding, that we could hear what you have prepared for us, for we know, each of us, that you have a word for us. There is a reason why we are here, Heavenly Father. Would you open our hearts, minds, and souls that we can understand and hear and receive not just with our human ears, Heavenly Father, but with all of us, our soul and our spirit, that we can hear the word that you have prepared for us, for we need to hear from you. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Welcome to the house of the Almighty. Can we just give him praise for he is good. Can you turn to someone and just welcome them into the house of the Lord this morning? I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Skit Guys. We want to talk to you today about signing up to being a part of the A, B, or Tech team. Right? Oh, it's so true. There is nothing worse than... Mm, uh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> As I was saying, there's nothing worse than a technical problem hindering worship on Sunday morning. Yeah. And furthermore, we find that the... Okay. Um, guys... A little light here? A little light here? Okay. Uh, okay. That is bright. Bright light. Okay. That is so bright. That is so hot. That is burning my hair. What? Your hair? My arm hair. Oh, that makes more Just sense. Just roll. There are a lot of different elements in worship these days, and that can be a lot of different distractions if... Okay. That's our shoes. Guys, that's seriously up, up. up. Okay. Not there. Just down a little. Down. Down. Right. Right. If you feel like maybe you're an electronic whisperer or you're really good with lighting, audio, or sound, we need you. Sign up today. We need help. Really badly. Please. Please do that. Okay, is that a microphone? That's a microphone. M maybe next. Seriously, are you serious? 
Maybe it'll get better next Sunday. Oh, it can't get worse. I know, right? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Listen, church, we've been doing this series where we've been talking to you guys about the different needs in our church, the different volunteers that we need here. You've heard from the worship team. Um, thank you for those of you who have joined up. We've heard from security team and the children's um, department. But today we're talking about media and arts. And media and arts are all of those things that we never think about, but that make all of the difference. And so I'm going to invite out here our media arts pastor and um, our director so they can explain what media arts out. Come on out here, Michael and Barbara. Welcome up to the stage, Michael and Barbara. Now let me just say... You know, when those things magically appear behind me when we're talking, it's Barbara who does that. Can we give a round of applause to Barbara who makes that happen? You know, Roxy, I went, this morning we said, how are we going to play that video? And Barbara's ready to come on stage. I, know. I don't know how we made that happen, but thank, Man, thanks to our team, I'm she, telling that's you. That's how good Barbara is. That is how good she is. She made the video <laughs> play, and she was in the, in the green room. But yeah. listen, media arts is a whole new area that churches um, didn't have, didn't, they didn't have this department before because it didn't exist. But why don't you tell us what it is, Michael? Well, yeah, back in the day, we, we just had a soundboard, and that was it. Uh, when I first came into the ministry of this church, we used to use the overhead reader. What, what is it? The transparency, the projectors. projectors. What was it called, Pastor? Overhead the overhead projector, the transparencies. The, yeah. We had an engineer who would switch the pages. <laughs> she used to do this, right? Sister Becky Gonzalez, she was like that. But we've evolved, right? Thank the Lord for the gift of technology. And um, we use software. And so our media and arts department, like I mentioned earlier, we literally were like, okay, how are we going to do this, right? We were having this conversation this morning. Uh, how are we going to do this? I was like, well, maybe I could, you know, cue it from my phone because thank the Lord for technology. We can do it from our phone. We're like, no, but that's how badly we need media people. <laughs> we said we, we need the help. So we're talking audiovisual aids. So when we're talking uh, the screen here, you guys see the newly screens that we just in, installed here in the sanctuary. Those are going to be up soon. We'll have... We'll have some graphics up on those, but that's part of our visual team. We also have our production team, our team that streams and runs our, our cameras so that people around, literally around the world can watch our services. Also, uh, sound people, right? We call them sound engineers. Very fancy, sound engineers. It's sound engineers. Like the, the lady would switch the names. She was the lyric engineer. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But we, sound engineers, audio folks, for those watching from home, we, we can never forget uh, our other campus, essentially, right, is at home, live streaming. We have hundreds of people watching right now uh, on YouTube, Facebook, and, and our website. And so, church, those are just part of our media. We're also talking photography, videography, graphics team. So all the things that you guys say, man, that's cool. How do they do that? There's a team of people that does it. Right, and Barbara is a magic maker. Barbara, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit of what you do and what you need to do to prepare to get it done on the screen behind us instead of just magically appearing. So every Sunday and Wednesday, we, you know, we set up, a, the pastor sends us a sermon. We manually put it into the system. We use a program. And, you know, we listen and follow the cues. And we just follow the worship team, follow pastor, and follow his clues, and then just click, so click she, it up there. The, the magic of what they do is, I mean, she makes it sound so simple, right? In first service, she said, we just point and click, and that's really what you do. But 
You have to get it all ready. The magic of what Barbara does is that it makes it possible for you to worship with us. The lyrics appearing behind us, that's what Barbara does. Pastor Richard's sermon and um, the, the verses, the, the Bible appearing behind us, that's what Barbara does. So we have to thank her for all of that. When we're doing, I know, it's awesome. why this is important what what is the purpose of it just to just so we have a great production in church or what's the deal the importance of it is just of what you mentioned roxy it allows um our congregation as well as those from home to worship alongside with us i mean you it's it's impossible to memorize every single one of these songs uh or follow along amen. right <laughs> amen to that Barbara also loads the stuff into our, our, our app and Barbara runs a team as of course she has a couple of people that are helping her with visual like Danette, who's actually running it right now, right? She's running that and lights simultaneously, right? And we forgot to mention our lighting techs. That's right. We also have lighting techs so that the lights and the switching of, of, the, of the scenes that we see up there. So that's the importance of what you and I do. We're talking photography, videography, video uh, editing, graphics, you know, right? If we build graphics, we post them up, social media content creating, all those things is what in, is inclusive in our media team. And tell us a little bit, Barbara, about the training necessary to do what you do. How much time did it take you to learn? How much time do you put in on a regular basis? Um, I'm still learning. We, we, the systems are always updating, so it's constantly learning. But, you know, we, we will work with you. It's, it's not hard. I, I was scared to do it at first, but Michael's like, just get in there. We'll try it. And I've, I've been doing it for eight years. I don't so think she could tell Michael no, though. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing it. But listen, it's, it's, it makes all the difference. Michael, what kind of training do you need for the photographers, the videographers, the people who work on the social media side? What do we need to do there? So, look, everybody here is involved in social media in one way, shape, or form. I mean, it's a very small number of people that don't use social media. That would be my mom. Right? Uh, and so... No, but that that story, bro, you know? So it's okay. She even follows social media. But I tell you, if you're familiar with social media, graphics, pictures, videos, you don't have to go to school. We don't say, hey, where's your degree? Where's your certificate of completion? If you're a willing heart and you want to come on board and say, I want to help with maybe career on social media, or maybe taking pictures, right? Uh, we even have the equipment. I say, well, I don't need, I don't have any equipment. That's fine. We have it. What we don't have right now are photographers. Right, right? But we have the, the equipment. We just don't have the photographers. Right? So don't think that you need to come in with all of the equipment. No, we've got that. We've got uh, the software for you to edit video and to edit pictures and, and create graphics. And we have those resources that, which, by the way, why we always say thank you for the resources, for your giving, that's what it's for. Uh, so we have all of that. We just need people to actually go. And, Michael, yeah. some of our volunteers that are ready to volunteer have a lot of time, and some of them don't have a lot that's of right. time. What is our time commitment for everything that you guys do in the media? In our so let, let's just start, like, in our media booth, right? In our media booth, I rotate just like I do with the musicians. The more people we have, the more rotation we're able to have. So Barbara right now, she's like, my Sunday, every single Sunday she's here. Danette takes over on Wednesday nights when it comes to visual. I, I'm, we're in desperate need right now of audio people right now for both um, streaming audio as well as what we call front of house, which is what we mix in this room. And so we need that. We have production. Um, 
But as far as the time commitment is, really, it's, it's up to you what you can serve. If you say, I can only serve one time a month or one time every three months, I'll put you to work. That's fine. He will put you to work. <laughs> That's right. And, but we need that willing heart, that willing right. person to come in. Uh, as far as the training and your, your, the requirements, look, if you know how to turn the computer on and if you know maybe like a PowerPoint, you know how to build some stuff. And when it comes to visual stuff, because you're building, you're building the presentations, you need a little more. It's like, hey, what's that? Oh, that's called a computer. That might not be the place for you. But you they know? can use a camera. But they can use a camera, right? There's always a place for you, even if you don't know what that computer is. Trust me. There's always yeah. a place. Well, let's give it up for our yeah. media and arts department. That's right. Their, their hard work always goes unnoticed until you miss a lyric. That's right. <laughs> then you, everybody's turning that way and goes, what's up with that? Their work always goes unnoticed until you see the light suddenly changing and you're like, oh, I didn't think they were supposed to do that. Or the wrong song or the wrong text is behind you. That's when you notice. But Barbara, Barbara doesn't make those kinds of mistakes. So I, I think it's awesome um, what they do, and I'm just so pleased. Listen, yeah. church, let me just we'll tell celebrate you them. volunteer. Thank let's celebrate them as they walk off. Listen, church, it may seem strange that we have a media and arts department, but let's just think back to the time when social media started, you know, when Instagram was the first thing, and everybody was posting their meals, and everybody was like, what? People posting their meals. Like, who cares what you ate? And we still do that today because we see a meal and it's just awesome. And you're like, the whole world needs to know that I had macaroni and cheese today because this is the best macaroni and cheese. But listen, that's, that's um, what changes the world. That's what influence. There are people who are called influencers and all they do is post on social media. We are influencers for Jesus Christ. That's what we do. If we want to reach the world where the world is right now, it is on social media. It is through their apps. And if they download something and it doesn't look good, it doesn't look to the same standard that they're used to looking everywhere else, you know what they're going to do? They're going to turn it off. So we need good pictures. We need good videographers. We need good sound. We need good lights. And we need you to volunteer to be a part of that. If you um, want to sign up, if you want have any questions and you want to figure out how to do it, um, if you can point your phone at that QR code and know how to um, activate that QR code, then you are the volunteer that we need because you know what a QR code is. That's, that's as easy as that. So I encourage you all um, to seriously participate and, and think about it because the more time that you give to the Lord, the more time he gives back to you and blessing and time and time again. Church, can you then now turn to this new video that we're going to show you right now? My name is Renee Chavez-Maez. I'm the Executive Director of Frontline Resurrection Women's Life Recovery Home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Frontline Resurrection and the Free Project will be at New Beginnings Church. We are going to have a Women's Life Recovery Conference Friday, October 20th and Saturday, October 21st. We are going to have worship sessions. We're going to have childcare, youth engagement. We are going to have food fellowship, and a whole lot of Jesus. What we want to do is we want to bring all of the faith-based life recovery homes from around New Mexico. We want to get in one space and we want to worship God together. We want to give God glory do his name. So that means that we will be reaching out to you if you run a faith-based 
uh, women's life recovery uh, in any respect, the life recovery home or life recovery program, we're going to reach out to you. And if we don't, please reach out to us. My number is 505-582-5901. We want to hear from you. We want to we want to see what God has done. Mark your calendars. Women's Life Recovery Conference, October 20th and 21st, 2023. I look forward to seeing you guys there. I'm up. going to be a great conference, guys. The tickets are $25. They are for sale. Some of you might not be able to make it, but you could sponsor a ticket for someone, and that would be great. There's a table out in the uh, lobby area, the mall there, so you could take advantage of that. Guys, it's such a joy to have you in the house. A youth, you're dismissed. I think they already dismissed you, but if not, uh, the youth have a worship time right now, a Bible study. You guys are welcome to go to that. Guys, I uh, started a sermon series called The Basic of Life. And what I've been trying to communicate are the essentials that you need for a Christian walk, your Christian life, to literally carry it out and be successful at it. Last week, I was talking about the importance of connecting to a church and how important it is to connect and become part of a local congregation get rooted and grounded there, and really, hopefully, it's here that you get connected with. Today, I want to talk about connecting with people. More and more, people have kind of distanced themselves from people. They're not as close as they used to be, not because of arguments or anything. The pandemic kind of pulled us apart, and a lot of people haven't come back together. And because of that, They've isolated themselves, and they've gone into great depression, and there's a lot of hardship from that. So it's real important that we really connect with people. And I want to help us, uh, give us six points on how to do that. Uh, I want to focus on these six, six things that we could really do, and uh, I, I, I just want to let you know why it's so important to connect with people. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 9 it says right there, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So when a friend speaks into your life, it's just like, oh, man, I needed that. So, Lord, I pray that we could really understand the importance of that and that we could really learn how to connect with people and then go out and do it. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. So one of the first things you really need to do to connect with people is to really become courageous and take the initiative. What I mean by that is a lot of times people don't know how to just break the ice and go introduce yourself and say, hey, my name's Richard, hey, my name's Susie, my name's Tommy, my name's whatever, and people don't know how to do that. I see it often out in the mall area. You'll be drinking coffee. Sometimes you have a donut or you don't or whatever, but you're sitting there. And I can see people that, oh, they want to like, oh, no, I don't have the guts. Oh, I want to go say hi to them. No, I don't know how. How do I break the ice? You know, the best way is just take the initiative. Do it. Go up to somebody and talk to them. But fear really cripples us from talking to people. Fear keeps us from becoming friends with people. Fear does uh, a lot of terrible things. I want to just look at three things that 
fear does to a relationship. And the first one, it makes us real defensive. When we're fearful, we become defensive. We're afraid to really reveal ourselves uh, like, man, if I really start talking and they get to know who I am, they might not like me. They might think I'm really weird. They might think, oh my gosh, I don't want to hang out with this person. They're, they're just dumb. They, they have some weaknesses. And so we, we don't want people to see who we really are. And, and we try to cover that up. And so we get kind of defensive if people ask questions. It's like, what, are you a cop or what? I don't have to tell you, you know. And, and we get really weird. Another thing about fear is our fears keep distance between us. Not just do we get a little defensive, but we get kind of distant and we pull away from people. Well, we, we hide our emotions. We don't want to let people know that we're an emotional person, uh, especially if you're a guy. Guys don't want to show that we have a weak spot, that we are, have a little tender side to us. So we, we, we pull away and we just don't want to expose our real selves and and we become defensive, and we become distant. And also, fears make us more demanding. Uh, when someone is fearful, uh, they have a tendency, because of their insecurity, to become controlling. Because I'm insecure of this situation, I want to control the situation. That way, at least, I want it to go the way I want it to go, and the way I feel comfortable, instead of the way you want, because if you keep control of it, you might make me uncomfortable, and I might not like the situation, so we want to dominate it, and, and, and it just makes us in this weird place, and it's not healthy. Yet God says that I gave you a spirit of, of, of power. In Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he says right there that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He goes, but of power and love and self-discipline. So he's saying, I didn't give you a, a spirit of fear and all timidity, timidity to just be all kind of, oh man, I can't really talk to that person. I can't talk to that person. No, step out, be bold, be courageous and say, hey, I mean, some of you sit in the same place every Sunday. You just kind of sit in that place. Sometimes if you get here a little late and someone might be in your place and you're like, dude, they're in my chair. What a what do I do? Usher, usher, sniper, I need to sniper these, this couple right here. They're in my chair. You know, it's like, we get all weird. But all kidding aside, we sit in a similar part of the congregation, in the a sanctuary every Sunday. And yet there's people that sit right next to you and you've never really met them. You've never just said, hey, my name's Richard. Hey, my name's Susie. My name's Tom. My name's George. We don't even say who we are. We're just like, hello, hello, hi, hi, you know, but that's it. So it's, it's like, be bold, get to know each other. But nowadays, people are real funny about that. It's like a lot of people don't know each other. Another thing is be mindful of their needs. If you want to really be a friend and connect with people, be mindful of their needs. But I live in a cul-de-sac, and, and uh, I have tried to get to know my neighbors, and so I know almost all of my neighbors. I, I, there's a few that have moved in new, and I haven't got to know them yet. And I don't go up there and knock on their door, and I go, hi, my name is Reverend Richard Mansfield. I'm the senior pastor at New Beginnings Church. I just say, hey, really, welcome to the neighborhood. I'm Richard. Cindy and I live right up the street. If you guys ever need anything, feel free to give us a call. We'll try to help you any way we can. 
Uh, you know, we, we love praying for people if you ever need prayer. And, and so since there, it, over the years, I've developed really good friends and my neighbors. And, and like last night, or Friday night, rather, one of my neighbors asked me, hey, Richard, um, you know, you're, you're always offering yourself. And, man, I don't know how to use Uber Eats and that DoorDash. I don't even understand all that. But, man, I'm really craving a sandwich from Chiba Hut. And I had never heard of Chiba Hut. I had never been to Chiba Hut. So I said, um, okay, uh, you want me to? Yeah, I, I, I placed an order. Would you go get it for me? And I ordered some drinks and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. So I take off, and I have no clue where I'm going. So I'm looking up Chiba Hut, and it's telling me, you know, turn right, turn left, turn left. And then I passed it, and it says reroute. You passed it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I didn't see it. That's a little hut. It's, there it is. No, but anyway, so I, I, I finally deliver it to my neighbors and stuff and take them their, their food and their drinks and stuff and, and, and just try to be there. It's like it didn't put me out. It, it, I, I felt actually like right on, man. I did something good for my neighbors. Know that, be mindful of their needs. They've been sick. They can't get out. So I know that, and because I know that, I want to help them any way I can. I was sick. And I know how people came to my help and my rescue. So I want to redo that favor now that I could get around it. I could do stuff. Be mindful of people's needs, of, your, of people around you. I mean, it's important that we do that. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So take an interest in the people you work with the people you go to school with, the people that maybe your kids play on the same team with or at the PTA or, or whatever you're involved in here at church. Take an interest and say, hey, you know what? If you ever need a writer, if you ever need a prayer partner, if you ever need, if you ever need, make friends. Be aware of people's needs. It's really, really interesting, and we need to do that, and we need to be able to connect like that. We also need to understand that not everyone is perfect like you. Come on, let's be real. We're perfect, just they're not. They're a bunch of weirdos, you know? It's like we need to realize that not everyone is perfect. Matter of fact, guess what? I hate to bust your bubble. No one is perfect. If you don't believe me, Ask your neighbor, say, am I perfect? No, please don't do that. I don't want fights to break out, especially in married couples. Now, they're, married, they're perfect for you, but you're not perfect. They're not perfect. No one is perfect. And because of that, Paul writes these words in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 13. He says, make allowances for each other's fault. In other words, people are going to do they're going to just do dumb things. So, so show them some grace. Show them some mercy. And forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone. So he's saying, forgive them. And then Paul throws this in there. And it's really the Holy Spirit says, and remember, the Lord forgave you, but you must forgive others. It's like, oh, come on. Why do you have to put that part in there? <laughs> Because you know what? It's very true. God has forgiven us, and we need to forgive others. 
We need to understand that. We need to make an allowance for each other's faults. We need to be mindful of that. We need to understand that. A third thing is if we're really going to connect with people, we need to be uplifting with our words. Be uplifting with your words. Encourage people. Speak life. Have you noticed we live in a very angry world anymore? Everyone's angry about everything. It's like, gosh, calm down. I don't understand why people are so angry all the time. It's like, especially when it's obvious that something isn't that person's fault. Like, I try to stick up for the cash register people all the time, the cashiers. Because those four people, men or women, they get bombarded. I mean, if you've ever done a self-checkout, oh, my gosh, that's frustrating. I used to think, oh, my gosh, how difficult can it be to just scan? And I'm there, oh, 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 my gosh, it doesn't work. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know what? I don't yell at me, so why should I yell at them? Are, are you with me? But yet I see some people, come on, can't you even scan anything? Well, if you can, then go, you, you go scan. It's like, you see, we could be ugly. The Apostle Paul In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, he starts talking about relationships, especially right around verse 25. But when he gets to Ephesians 4, 29, this is what he says. Don't use foul or abusive language. He's saying keep it clean. Don't be ugly. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Did you hear that? so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So he's saying we need to encourage each other. We need to help each other. We need to build each other up. We need to realize that God gave us our mouth, and he gave us a mouth, and it's a power tool. It is a power tool. It could either build people up or tear people down. So I wrote out some things that our power tool can do. Know the power of your tongue. Know the power of your tongue. The Bible says it gives life or death. Some people speak nothing but death. Look, there's been some people, maybe your parents, maybe a relative, maybe a school teacher, might have been a kid at school that bullied you. But I'm talking 20 years ago, you could still remember like if it was yesterday. And you could still feel the pain. I don't know who invented sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. That was the devil. Words will kill you. They're painful. It's hurtful. And we need to understand that. So know the power of your tongue and then keep a guard in place over your tongue. Keep a guard over your mouth so that not just anything comes out. Why did I even say that? Exactly, why did you? You obviously weren't thinking. And then be mindful. Be careful around children. Watch your tongue, not just from cussing, just whatever you're saying, but especially cussing. Kids don't need to hear that. One time I was at a restaurant, and man, the booth next to us, goodness gracious, they were the foul mouth to the max. And I had my two grandchildren with me, and they were young. So I said, hey, guys, sounds like you all are having a blast. 
<clears throat> but you know what? I got my two young grandchildren that they're not used to that kind of language. Can you guys clean it up a little bit? And they looked at me and they go, what the blank? And I go, that. And they go, oh, man, I didn't even realize I blankety-blank said that blank. I go, well, you blankety-blank said it again. And I told them like that. I didn't say the words, but I go, you're blankety-blank. And they go, wow. See, people don't even know anymore, but be mindful. Little ears are hearing. They don't need to. But even if you're not cussing, our children, our grandchildren don't need to hear some of the conversations adults have. It, the, the, the subject is way too elevated for them. And then just store your power tools. Store idle speech when not in use. In other words, it's okay to just be quiet. It's okay to, putting it real crudely, to shut up. Just don't say anything. How about this one? Don't say more than you need to. Haven't you ever said too much? You're like, I should have stopped when I should have stopped. Oh, man. I mean, some people don't put their foot in their mouth. They put it all the way to the knee. <laughs> it's like if you got your toes in your mouth, stop there. Pull it out. Can you help me get my leg out of my mouth? Oh, my gosh. What's wrong with us? And especially don't say anything when you're upset. Count to 10. Or count to 10,000. Do whatever you need to. Take a deep breath and go, God, help me. Help me. I need to calm down. <clears throat> We've got to understand that we're to use our mouth to build people up, not to tear them down. I mean, so how can we use our mouth carefully? Well, first of all, stop excusing. Haven't you ever met those people that are forever, oh, man, ugh. I really didn't mean that. Oh, my gosh, don't be such a crybaby. Oh, my gosh, don't be a crybaby. Like, what's wrong with you? Or, my sugar always dips right before lunchtime. They just say weird things. I'm like, we have a lot of people with blood problem over here. <laughs> blood sugar, oh, my gosh. But, right? People come, just accept it. You know what? I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm really sorry. I, I was dumb. I, I didn't mean what I said. It just came out because I'm, 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 I'm being a whiner. I'm being a whiner. Stop making excuses. And then talk less. Talk less. You don't have to talk so much. Quit talking. Just neck, listen more. If you can't listen when you're talking, so quit talking and start listening more. Man, one time I was on the phone with Cindy, my wife, and, and I'm on the phone, and there's a part in town there. Every time I'm there, the, 
I, I lose a signal. And so sure enough, I hit that, I lost the call, and just, just rode down the road a little bit, my phone rang, so I figured it's Cindy, and I go, hey, babe, and it was Pastor Michael. <laughs> I didn't listen for a hello. I just went, hey, babe, and he goes, wow, Pastor, I've been waiting for you to call me that a long time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, awkward, <laughs> you know. It's like, for the record, if you've never met Pastor Michael's wife, that was the one in the red, Barbara, that's his wife. That way you know who his wife is now, okay? But we need to listen more. We need to listen more. And, and, and we need to start really doing things by building people up. We need to build them up. Say encouraging words. Say words that build and, and uplift and, and to strengthen. So we need to do that. Another thing, if we're going to connect with people, the fourth thing we need to do is really be honest about our problems in the relationship. Don't be afraid to talk about problems. Some people get all nervous, and they don't want to say anything. So they're like, oh, man, they were my good friend, and uh, now we have that elephant in the room moment, awkward, and uh, like, pastor... I don't come to the 9 o'clock service anymore. I notice that. You come to the 11. Yeah, I, uh, I had a problem with somebody at 9 o'clock, and I, I well, just talk. Make it right. Oh, uh, no, so I come to the 11 o'clock now. I go, well, so what happens when you have something wrong with somebody from the 11 o'clock? Oh, uh, can you start a 12 o'clock service? <laughs> it's like, maybe you're the one with the problem, you know? It's like, but, but look. We need to be honest. It's like somebody sent me this little video, and they said, Pastor, I just have to be honest. And I go, well, yeah, what's up? And uh, this video was, um, said, you know, when I was young, and I remember in grade school uh, when we had a crybaby in the classroom, uh, the teacher would, put a star on their notebook or a star on their note on their work or something. And now I've noticed that grown adults that are a bunch of whiny crybabies wear stars on their hat and on their jersey. So they gave me this. Thank you very much, April. That is cool, though, isn't it? It's a shell. What's that? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm okay. It was Cindy. She said, "Move on." Okay. But now, all kidding aside, she's not the one that sent me the video. But that video—it really is a video. And it's this dude, and all of a sudden, it pulls away when he says, "Now they wear a, hat, a star on their hat and their jersey." It pulls away, and the guy's a raider. I'm like, oh, that's messed up, man. <laughs> raider friend talk, smacking, talking smack about us cowboy fans. But hear me. Look. It's okay to be honest with somebody that you're in a friendship or a relationship with, with your spouse, with your children, with your grandparents, with your parents, with your siblings. 
with people that you go to work with, people you're, maybe you're, your parents in the same little league or whatever, look what it says in Proverbs 24, 26. It says, an honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. In verse 27, verse 5 and 6, it says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Isn't that the truth? An enemy could go, oh, you're just so wonderful. Oh, it's like, oh, shut up. I know I might be wonderful sometimes, and I know I'm, I'm not wonderful sometimes. So be, find someone that you could be honest with. So there's some rules that you should consider in being honest in a relationship. One, compliment people in public and correct them in private. So compliment them in public, correct them in private. Now, I, I have violated that before, and I've wounded people. And I've followed this before, and I've honored people. So you should always compliment your children in public, your loved one, your spouse, your, your fiancé, whoever. And some of you grandparents are phenomenal. Some of you parents, man, you, on social media, you, you show off your child. And it's awesome that you do. You brag about your kids. You brag about their, their sporting events or their musical events or their wrestling or boxing or just whatever. Man, whatever social media you're on, Snapchat or Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or whatever else that's out there, I mean, you're using those platforms. But when you're arguing with somebody, don't go public. Don't do that in private. Another thing is correct when they're up, not when they're down. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Look, when someone's already feels beat up and they're beating themselves up, don't jump on the bandwagon and go, yeah, you're such an idiot, okay? Wait till the dust settles. Wait till they get a little rest. Wait till they eat. Wait till they've gotten some, some blessing. Wait till... Everything has settled, and then minister to them. Like Cindy's been my biggest cheerleader and also my my biggest aid in trying to get better as a communicator. But she knows that, like when we used to have sometimes even five services, man, I, I was exhausted by the end of the fifth service. Man, I, I didn't feel like, if I had done something wrong, I didn't feel like hearing it. All I felt like doing is let me go home and veg, man. My, I'm brain dead. I'm tired. I just preached five times in a row, four times in a row. It, 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 it is hard, more than what you think. And, and I, I just wanted to go home. And So if she has something to say, she, she knows she doesn't talk to me and, and we try to use a phrase at our home, we try not to say constructive criticism because criticism is still criticism. So we like to use a phrase calling it constructive advice. I'm giving you advice to help you. I'm not criticizing you to, 
because criticism is just putting someone down. I'm giving you advice. I'm saying, hey, look, instead of this, I'm giving a solution. Try this. So Cindy will speak into my life, and she'll go, oh, my gosh, Richard, you were on target. Man, you were, like, so connected with the congregation. You were right on, babe. It was amazing. I go, thank you. Or she goes, oh, my gosh, what were you thinking? What came out of your mouth? I can't believe you said that. I go, I can't either. It just, I was choking on my toe, and I had to get my foot out of my mouth. I mean, sometimes it's like, so we try to help each other. And also never offer correction unless you have proven to be open to correction. You've met people like that, right? They're quick to start, and you, 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 and you. But you tell them something, what, what? Yeah, you want to make something about it? Oh, my God. No, you're making it all by yourself. You're doing great. You know, it's like, man. So we need to understand that healthy relationships allow an opportunity to express frustrations and disappointments, anger. You get to talk about those things. You get to clear up things. And it's important to do that. And then, if you're really going to have a good connection with people, the fifth thing is be confidential with information. Guard the information they've given you. Don't be a blabbermouth. Don't be a gossip. Oh, my gosh, what's wrong with people? Nicolai, you ought to see what I just heard. You ought to hear what I heard about Brother Richard. You know what, Pastor Richard? Oh, my gosh. What, what? Tell me what. Oh, my gosh. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 13, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. You know what the the dictionary describes a gossip as? Gossip is talking about a situation with somebody who is neither a part of the solution or a part of the problem. So you're talking about someone or with someone that has nothing to do with the situation. So like right now that I said, did you hear about Pastor Richard? See, some of you are going, hey, isn't he going to finish it? I was just making it up, okay? I'm sure there are people that talk about me. I don't know. I'll ask them. But, But I'm just saying... We get all shook up, and we want to get, and really? There's a guy in our church that if you go up to him and say, hey, did you hear about Pastor Richard? He'd say, no, I didn't. Have you talked to him about it? No. Hey, Pastor, hey, they got something to say about you. I didn't say to call him. Oh, my gosh. They don't gossip to that guy very often. Because he, he stops it like that. Man, I'll never forget my mom was, she had a group of people that they talked on the phone every day. And, you know, comadre's here and an aunt over here and a cousin over here and they would talk. And 
I would hear my mom on the phone. A poco, a poco, a poco, which means don't tell me, don't tell me. Don't, hi, no me digas, no me digas. Don't tell me, don't tell me more. Don't tell me more. I'm like, oh, mom, it sounds like you sure don't want to hear about it. Man, what's wrong with that? Keep a confidence. And then be committed to a relationship. No one's committed anymore. If you're in a friendship or a marriage or a, a relationship, you're engaged to somebody, be connected, be committed. Look, at the end of this month, Cindy and I, my wife and I, will be celebrating 45 years of marriage. Okay? Isn't that cool? Now look, there's a handful of you that know that two of those years were horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I'm talking like horrible. I wish they never would have happened. They were painful for her and for me. Pain, pain, agony. And you know what? People go, why'd you guys stay together? Because we made a commitment. I said, for richer, for poor. We've known super poor. So anything is richer. <laughs> for better or worse. No one ever told me worse would be worse, 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 worse. Are you with me? But you know what? We made a commitment. In sickness and in health. I didn't know sick could be like sick, sick, sick. Then at first service, there was a lady that I was there hours before her husband passed. Went and prayed over him and said my goodbyes. And said, man, you're going to be with Jesus real soon. And he goes, how do you know? How do you know? And I told him, and I got the word out, and I read it to him, and I go, have you made this decision? He goes, yes. And have you made this decision? He goes, yes. Then you're guaranteed heaven, and he goes, Oh, thank you, Pastor. Now I can die happy. And he died, I think, six hours later. And she was here with her children. And we just loved on her and prayed over her as a church. She was faithful to the end. Held his hand till he took his last breath. Some of you know what that's like. You're, you're there. You're going through some hardships right now. You got married. You didn't know for better or worse, worse could be that bad. In sickness and in health, sickness would come so quickly and so hard. You made a commitment. You made a commitment. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says a friend is almost always loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. In Proverbs 18, 24, it says, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. 
you guys have been so amazing to my family life. You know, this Friday, this past Friday, was a third-year anniversary of that horrible bus wreck my son was in when God gave me back my son for the second time. And he celebrated as a family on the phone because we all were in different states. And I said, you know what? God has been so good to us. My son who lived in Florida now goes back. Besides you and mom, the thing I miss the most, agonizing for me and my daughter, the church family. And we love our church family. He goes, Gabriana and I miss them so much. I go, we'll find a good church family out there. But hear me. They committed to each other. Walk through life together. Do life and ask God to help you. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And you need one. So if there's anyone here that's never surrendered their self to the Lord, we sang the song, I give you my life, I give you my heart. And I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. If you've never done that and you want to do that today, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me that I would do that? Amen. Praise God. That's awesome, brother. Anyone else? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? For those of you that raised your hand, it takes courage, but it's the greatest decision you're making. You're saying, I choose life. So if you raised your hand, stand to your feet. We're all going to pray as a church with you because you're making the greatest decision of your life. So those of you that raised your hand, would church, would you pray with them to say, Heavenly Father, today I realize how much I need a Savior. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me new. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come up here so I could give you a hug real quick. Like, And I just want to give you a hug real quick. Come on up real quick. This is awesome, brother. Amazing. before we sing this song there's a young man I want to call up here mom and dad you come with him this is Isaiah when Isaiah was a young kid he started coming to church and the whole time 
I remember him growing up. Is he here? Is he coming? There they are. Uh, he would say, Pastor, when I get old enough, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in the Air Force. And then he was in the Air Force ROTC. And I remember seeing him and he was all suited up in his uniform. But guess what? On Tuesday, he's leaving for the Air Force. We're so proud of you, Isaiah. <laughs> Mom and Dad, we're standing with you. Who's this beautiful girl? Maria. Maria? Yes. Is she kind of partnered up with you? She's my fiance, yes. Oh, your fiance. Man. We know those glasses are working well. Hi, Maria. I didn't mean to embarrass you. Guys, step right over here. He's, he's going off to the Air Force. Going to build a career. You stand okay, right here. Put your arm around her. We're going to pray for you guys. This is mom and dad. Daniel, Ida, we're excited for you. Thank you. He dreamt about this for a long time, didn't he? Yes. Lord, thank you so much for Isaiah. Lord God, I literally, there's so many memories and stories I have stored up in my memory bank of this young boy and his brother, uh, this crazy escapades they did. Lord, he's going to go off to be uh, in the United States Air Force. Not a dream of his since he was a young boy. Now he's a grown man engaged and going out to start a career. I pray blessing over him, a covering over him, protection over him. Quicken his mind, Lord God. We're a country that's still at war, Lord. We're in conflict. We pray that, Father, you put a hedge of protection around him, that no harm would ever come to him, that he come home safe and sound, body, mind, and soul for his family and for Maria. We pray blessing over them. Keep them strong. We pray in Christ's glorious name. Amen. 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 Isaiah, God bless you, mijo. Love you. Maria, God bless you, mijita. God bless you. Ida, God bless you, sis. Daniel. Love you, my brother. Love you, brother. God bless you guys. I don't know where you are right now. Some of you are missing your family right now because you're not connected with them. And I understand some, you have no business connecting with them. All they do is abuse you, and you need to keep your distance. But you know what? There's other relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, marital relationships with your children, your parents, your siblings, and friends and loved ones that you have broke off because you refuse to try to heal those wounds. Would you stand with us? And we're going to sing this song. And during this song, if you want prayer, make your way up. But it's a glorious time to just cry out to the name of the Lord. Amen. Sing it with us.
ourselves over to you, Jesus, and we say all to Jesus, I surrender. Take my heart, Lord. My heart is yours. Take it all, take it all, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your message, for the power of your word, Lord, in the transforming ways that it gives us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Will you just celebrate what the Lord has done today, church? Amen. Yeah. You know, church, today, before you leave, right before you walk out, a couple of the things I want you to remember. One, today is our senior pastor's birthday, so we celebrate that. We have some cake outside, some cupcakes and some donuts, of course, but in addition to that, we have some cupcakes, too. Church, if, uh, if you're here for child dedication, this door right over here is where you want to head over, so we want to welcome you. It's, oh, that's next week, pastor. Okay, we change it to next week. Okay. Then never mind that, church. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.
Sing it. 